Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hello, ladies. Sup, friends. And hello. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Almost there. Uh, Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Happy 2020 is almost over. What's the saying? Happy Chris Mahana Kwanzaamas. Merry Chris Mahana Kwanzaamas. Yes. Ah, my bad. I screwed it up. Shame. And a happy new year. And a happy new year. Willing it into existence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you dream it, it will come. And so whoever dreamed this year, fuck you. <laughs> well, since we were trying to uh, get all of the like... Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Yule, everything else in there. Why don't we throw in a few more holidays? Let's do it. Whoop, 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 whoop. So for our December bonus, which is what you're listening to, hey. we decided to look at some more obscure celebrations that take place. Did y'all all do around your traditional winter holidays? I didn't specifically look that up, but I ended up accidentally stumbling across them. Rebecca? I forgot the assignment, <laughs> but it's Christmas related. Perfect. I got real distracted by science and unrelated historical facts. Hey. Oh, I love that so much. I'm interested to see the way that you just set that up. If it has something to do with a subject I looked into and then realized there was a lot more to it. So I uh, put that one in the back pocket. I would be very surprised if... Any of my three mini subjects you guys cover. Oh, wow. Wow. Three minis. I got real excited. Well, y'all can wait, sit in anticipation for those, and uh, I'll kick us off here. So, December 8th of every year is the Feast of Immaculate Conception, where families in Spain's Catalian regions gather to celebrate, and they bring out the log. The log? The log. I'm assuming it's a Yule log, but I'm just picturing Immaculate Conception, some kind of log, like my brain went dirty. <laughs> no. So every night from December 8th until December 24th, the children are tasked with, quote, feeding the log by offering it nuts and berries, water, dried fruit, you know, giving their offerings to this log. Nuts, berries, log. I'm still in the wrong headspace here. That's fine. I'm not I'm not shocked by this. The logs, excuse me, the kids must also cover Tio de Nadal, which is the Christmas log, which is traditionally a hollow log with smaller little log legs, <laughs> a smiley face and a floppy red hat, which is pretty comparable to the Santa hat that we all know and love so dearly. I ran across pictures of this in my research and went, what the hell is that? And then moved on. I'm showing Tiffany a picture oh, of him. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Why Why is it bad? It looked cute. Uh, it's cute, but it's not something that you would necessarily think of as like a time-honored tradition that's passed down. It's cute. Are, you, are we all looking at the same picture? Because that's not cute. cute. It looks like something that your kid would make and daycare okay let's be real here i love my kid and i love her artwork but it's not like <laughs> going in a museum but like seriously we celebrate a fat man in a red suit with white trim shuffling down chimneys to bring gifts to people every year mm -hmm. is the log really something we should be judging precisely 
I mean, okay, you make a fair point. (laughs) (laughs) So they have to feed it. They offer it traditionally dried fruit, nuts. They have to make sure they water it. And they also have to cover him with a blanket so that he stays warm and comfortable. That's kind of adorable. So it's like elf on the shelf, but it's a... Um, a log? Yeah. I d- can't rhyme. That Tio move. de Nadal. And I'm sure that's totally incorrect pronunciation. But And then on Christmas Eve, it's finally time for the little shit to shine. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Say that one more time because either the audio cut out or I have questions. (laughs) And finally, on Christmas Eve, it's time for the little shit to shine. Children gather around and beat him with sticks while singing the traditional Tio de Nadal song. So he's a piñata? I do not know the tune. And this is also translated from Spanish, but it roughly translates to shit log. Shit nuggets, hazelnuts, and meto cheese. If you don't shit well, I'll hit you with a stick. Shit log. <laughs> I feel like I've heard Tiffany sing that when she's angry before. If you don't feed me, I'm going to hit you with a stick. Oh my God. It's drunk <laughs> Tiffany. No, drunk Tiffany says nice things like Ipsy Bitsy Spider. That's this is true. just angry Tiffany. This is angry Tiffany, yes. So then in most households, once the children beat the log and sing the festive Christmas song, they're sent off to pray. And then when they get to- <laughs> No disrespect to this culture. It's I don't know how else to react to that sequence of events. And then when they return, they lift up the little shit's blanket and discover that the log has pooped out a pile of candies and presents. What? Oh my god, it is a piñata. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this information. Okay, Tiffany, Ashley, you both have children. It is your moral duty to instill this tradition in your households. I'm okay with this. Oh, shit log. Matt's going to be so irritated with me. (laughs) The shit log. So they lift the blanket to discover that the shit log has left them a pile of candies and presents. I can't find it, but there's a very, there's a traditional treat that they leave but i apparently didn't you know bother to put that down in my notes it's fine is it hershey's kisses that are unwrapped no it is not hershey's kisses (laughs) that are unwrapped it is similar to i guess like an american fruit cake hot take Fruitcake's delicious. I knew you were going to say the that end. because you bring it up every year. You're like, I need to make a fruitcake. And every time you say that, I'm like, no, you really don't. I you guess really, maybe really I've don't. just never had a good one. Neither have I. Correct. I've always had one that has raisins in it and raisins are disgusting and it comes like prepackaged from a store. Well, I can't find it. But, you know, say la vie. Whatever your family decides to have your shit log give you, that's what you're going to get and don't put your fit. But so after the beautiful Tio de Nadal leaves the treats, the family then chucks it in the fire for warmth (gasps) to get through till Christmas morning. Oh, my God. They sacrificed the candy (laughs) pooping log. They've gotten what they need from him. And he now is used for warmth to get through until Christmas morning. No. Oh, my God. And I saw in another article that I read 
that Christmas isn't as huge of a tradition out there that they traditionally celebrate. I think it's January 6th, which is when the wise men actually delivered presents to Jesus or when they estimate based on the dates. Supposedly. But wasn't he born in summertime? Well, American summertime. Okay, well, based on the Christmas tradition, the Christmas or Christmas, if you will, tradition <laughs> that majority of people have come to celebrate. He was born on the 25th and the wise men did not arrive until the 6th. Got it. Because they don't want you to believe in magic. So they burn the shit log. But the shit log is not their only poop based tradition. Oh, what? Oh, you love this place. <laughs> they, uh, if you are ever in this region of Spain and there happens to be a nativity scene set up. Oh my God. Yes. You will more than likely find a cockanaire. What is a cockanaire? A porcelain man who is copying a squat. I almost, I saw this on some things <laughs> and I almost covered it. It makes me so happy. In the presence of Mary, Joseph, little baby Jesus, and the three wise men. So did these people just invite Tiffany over to come up with their traditions? She does not just pop squats where need be. She might if it was okay. But seriously, she's talked about some emergency poops where she 100% would have. Oh my God, yes. I mean, haven't we all had emergency poops that you had to go? There was, it's been a while, but there was a lady in Atlanta who got in trouble for... um, The running shitter? Yes, pooping on people's lawns while out for her run. And like, not going to lie, the first time I read that, I was like, girl, that is some level of freedom that I aspire for. Right? Tiffany aspires to shit on people's lawns. I mean, I hey. wouldn't do it on their lawns, but like just to be able to like go when I gotta go, that's nice. And I don't have to go right now. So, believe it or not, this is not meant to be disrespectful in any way, shape, or form. He is actually a sign of good luck, and his poo fertilizes the land and provides a good harvest for the year to come. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now, it's more of just a family tradition, and it's kind of like, you know how some people hide the pickle in the Christmas tree, the pickle ornament? That's kind of what he's become in families, is like the kids, as soon as the nativity scene's set up, they're like, oh, where is he taking a poo this year? (laughs) Okay, there's... Two traditions Tiffany is starting in her household. I mean, this is the pickle and the pooping nativity man. Oh my god, my grandma collects nativities. I need to buy a bunch of these figurines and And just just like like, pop them in there. (laughs) (laughs) That'll go over well. If you do this, please update the Instagram story. Absolutely. (laughs) Grandma, why isn't Ashley invited back? You don't want to know. The cockanair. It'll haunt her. No, the the cockanair is why Tiffany's not allowed back. So records of this festive pooper can go back to the 18th century. Jesus. Um, But most governments have banned him from official Christmas displays over the recent years. Lame. But like I said, he can still be found in many households. And it's quite the um, fun little ditty. Like, (laughs) oh, baby Jesus is out. Let's find the pooper. (laughs) My kind of people. Right? So yeah, I'm down with including those traditions. I took on the pickle. So if anybody listening doesn't know what the pickle ornament is, and I might be mistaking it with the way we had it. We did it growing up, and then I started doing it with Dominic, which doesn't make sense because he's an only kid, but whatever. So there's a glass pickle ornament that Ooh, is... you use glass? Yeah. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> the traditional one is a glass pickle ornament. Okay. <laughs> that gets hidden somewhere among the tree, and I've heard two different varieties. Um, I've heard the first person to find it gets like a special present. And then I've also heard the first person to find it gets to open the first present. I would do the first present. So that's usually what we do, which 
So Merry Christmas, guys. Please send us pictures of your pickles if you do the pickle tradition. Pickle ornaments. Don't send us pictures of your pickles, please. (laughs) No, this is not. Oh, Rebecca's requesting unsolicited. Well, I guess they are solicited at this point. Solicited pickle pics. That's literally, I okay, I never, ever mean it that way. Follow up. If you guys have a cock and air in your nativity scene, you are legally required by me to send a picture to legally us. Legally binding. Also, we need information on where to get a handful of them. A handful of Please them. Please and thank you. In varying sizes. For, for, and yeah, in varying positions, varying piles underneath them. For legal reasons, they're strictly for personal use and will not be leaving my grandmother's house <laughs> family's house <laughs> they will become an ashley heirloom someday she will donate 30 cockaneers to the local goodwill no i just want to keep them in my pocket like whenever i come across an activity scene just be like that's for you <laughs> you're welcome it's fertility you're welcome oh my god can you imagine like the laser cut wood nativity scenes <laughs> out here just having a couple of ceramic poopers yeah <laughs> Oh my god, I would drop one off at my parents' church. That's what I'm saying. Especially in the massive nativity scenes. Or like the live, they won't do them this year, obviously. But the live nativities. Um, And like you just walk up and be like, here you go. And the live nativities, you just show up and stand (laughs) in. Don't don't worry, guys. Don't worry, guys. I listened to a podcast. They asked for this. (laughs) Uh, Not legally binding. Not responsible if you show up to a live nativity and become the cock and air. Dear Santa, I want a lawyer for Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> we have a friend who keeps a bail bond. We need to just make sure, or bail fund, make sure he adds another fund in for cock and air. <laughs> Any cock and air incidences? Wow. Pencil like- that in, bail bondsman. Well, so you mentioned that Christmas isn't like as big of a time over there or as celebrated as it is elsewhere i think to them it's very much more of a religious from my brief i didn't dive into that a whole lot i think they celebrate more of the religious like catholic side of christianity rather than the giving of gifts not the consumerism that we do over here in the states cool well the ones i covered also aren't centered around christmas if that makes sense. It will make sense when I tell you. That was my attempt at a segu and it did not work. Beautiful. But since it didn't work, let me give you a gift instead. Fit like the day. I am CK, Scottish man. And I'm here to bring you some pronunciations of Scottish festivals. The first one is the Shetland Festival of Uphelia, which has been on the go for yonks. Uphelia. Say it with me. Uphelia. And the other one is Hogmanay, which is Scottish New Year, which is an odd one. So Hogmanay, which is the Scottish New Year, which uh, can involve chucking one of your family members outside in the cold just before midnight. And then they knock on the door, you open the door, and they're meant to have a lump of coal, some shortbread, black bun, and some whiskey to toast in the new year. Now... It doesn't happen as much these days, but back in the day, you would first foot a threshold, and if you did it empty-handed, ooh, in the traditional Scottish way, you'd probably get a headbutt. Thank you. What? Are they goats? I love it. A headbutt? Yeah, absolutely. Scots are goats. Is that a traditional Scottish reaction? Is a headbutt? I mean, it came from his lips, so I have follow-up questions. (laughs) 
reaction. I thought you were going to say greeting. (laughs) Greeting? Yeah, that's the traditional Scottish greeting, just a headbutt. Oh, (laughs) I mean, that makes more sense. Well, that explains, you know, the ever so slight Scottish roots that I have explains why my five-year-old is so obsessed with headbutting me in the stomach right now (laughs) when he gets mad. So... I could start with, my plan was to start with Apelia, but it does not start before Hogmanay. So, you know what? Let's just start with Apelia. We'll start with that since he started with that one. That sounds like a you're telling somebody off. Apelia. Apelia. Yeah. Well, it is the biggest fire festival. Yes. Uh, I say festival. It's festivals. Uh, oh, snap. That take place in the winter months in Shetland, Scotland. So this is a... Is that where the ponies came from? Yes, question dot. CK, I have more follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> so Abelia is a bunch of different fire festivals, but there's one main one. So we'll talk about that. Just looking briefly, I believe there was one source that said there were 12 fire festivals going from the second Friday in January all the way through the third Friday of March. And this is like their New Year's celebration, right? No, that is oh. Hogmanay. Oh, Hogmanay. Oh, hey. <laughs> um, you can hug my nay. No. <laughs> so in the winter, it's very dark over there. So January is one of the darkest months in Shetland. So fires are lit to celebrate the island's heritage. Abelia is Viking festivals, or they are Viking festivals, which got me real excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm here for this. Uh-huh. And Vikings also play a part in Hogmanay. So, you know, we'll get to that too. Now, this information that I pulled for Abelia, I got more information on Hogmanay, but the information up from Abelia came from northlinkfairies.co.uk. They had quite a bit of information on this and it made me happy. So the festival itself is relatively new. It grew from older Yuletide and New Year festivities. It stems from when men would beat drums, blow horns, fire guns, shout and cause mischief on old Christmas Eve. Here for it. Right? I'm just picturing like bearded, long haired. Hagrid. No, no. You took something that I was getting really turned on about and threw Hagrid in there. I mean, it's still working for me. (laughs) I have no idea what y'all are talking about. Just imagine like dirty, ripply muscled, long haired, kilt wearing, manly bearded, manly men with pints in their hands. Let me rephrase that. Do not understand am a hexual. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put a spell on you sometime. But mostly never. (laughs) But probably not. Okay, just picture Rebecca in her finest furs with her braided hair with a pint in her hand, trying to keep an eye on Tiffany and I as we run into the crowd. Sounds Um, hot. (laughs) I'm down for this. Get it? It's a fire festival. (laughs) Do I get a bow and arrow and or a sword? Preferably both. Both. Yes. Rebecca's like, uh, was this not New Orleans? (laughs) Me watching y'all? Because I I feel like this is what I was doing in New Orleans. (laughs) watching us run into the crowd of hairy men. Not true. I did not have a sword. Uh, and we were mostly hanging around with the lesbians. So, I mean, I would have run into a crowd of bears if they were there. Y'all were just as excited about oh everything. Yeah, we that's, were. I'm telling you, man, that's the beauty of being pan because they're like, but I'm on. I'm like, 
hot. I don't care. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me enjoy my moment. I don't care. Look, I am married, so nothing's happening, but I can look at this all day mm-hmm. long. Girl, boy, neither, neither, both. Get it. Get it. Uh, so back to Abelia, now that I'm all like, whew. <laughs> is and- it hot in here or is it just your subject? Oh, in 1840, tar barrels were introduced into the proceedings and were dragged on fire on sleds through the town by squads of masked young men. Yes, here for this. Same. <laughs> different reasoning. Yeah, different reasons. <laughs> tar barreling, barreling, yep, barreling, that's a word. Tar barreling was abolished, but only really stopped when the young men of Lairwick had grown tired of it. So they got tired of pulling it and they're like, nah, this isn't a thing anymore. Men ruining everything. (laughs) I have a cold. So change came around 1870 when a group of young men injected new ideas into the proceedings, delaying the celebration until late January, introducing a far more elaborate form of disguise, guising, as it's called, and incorporating a torchlight procession. Still includes fire. I'm here for it. Uh, oh, absolutely. Oh, girl, we will get to the fire. <laughs> you just sounded way too excited about that. <laughs> you sounded like me. There is going to be a link to a site that has a video, and it's like an hour and a half long, but I watched the entire damn thing, and it was amazing. Oh, fire. Yeah. Interesting. It was the Abelia Festival from January 2020, and they watched it live, or broadcast it live. Oh, before the world. I know. Did they catch the world on fire? Hold on. <laughs> no, no, no. Two, two, di- two different things. <laughs> Um, but since we're talking about it, it is canceled for 2021. Anyway. But fire kills germs. And most other living organisms. A thousand Viking men walking around in a crowd with fire does not kill germs. I'd break quarantine for that. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Worth it. If this is how I go down... Let me go down. <laughs> Let me go down, please. <laughs> Instead of what would you do for a Klondike bar, what would you do to break quarantine? Right. What would you do for or Vikings, Vikings and fire? So to keep with the Viking theme, in the late 1880s, the replica Viking longship was introduced into Abelia. So since the Second World War, Abelia has become a much bigger festival, which is efficiently coordinated throughout the year. Previously, individuals kept open house to welcome the geysers upon Abelia night. Now, large halls throughout Lurwick are open to entertain them. So, what happens at Abelia? Because we haven't really even said. We've just said Vikings and fire, which is enough for all three of us. Yeah. Yeah, it's enough for two out of three of us to book a plane ticket without further questions. Fair, I mean, I've always close. wanted to go to Scotland anyway. Uh-huh. With all this fire, Rebecca's close to joining us. It wouldn't mm-hmm. take much to persuade her. Yeah, again, just give me a sword and a bow and arrow and fire and I'll be good. What about an axe? Do you really trust me with an axe? I do. More than I trust you with the bow and arrow. If I get far enough away, I'm out of axe range. But (laughs) (laughs) you underestimate my strength. (laughs) I am Rebecca. Hear me roar. Also, come closer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you can hear me roar. Ignore the axe. I don't date. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Apalia. 
we're we're on track here. Apelia takes place on the final Tuesday of January, which this year was the 28th. The day involves a series of marches and visitations, and in the evening is the most famous part, the torch-lit procession. At 7.30, a signal rocket explodes in the sky above the town. Torches are lit, the band begins to play, and a blazing processional begins snaking half a mile behind the Viking ship, which is going to be pronounced way wrong, Gizar Jarl. Nailed it. Actually, no, he is the guy that stands on the replica longship. He's like the leader. Ah. The main Viking. He's the head Viking. I bet Tiffany would like to gizarl jarl. (laughs) (laughs) Those were not words. (laughs) So the galley is dragged by the jarl's squad to the burning site through a crowd of 5,000 spectators. And one of the sites I read said there are like a thousand Viking men, well, quote, Viking men, following along with their torches. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> and then the torchbearers form a circle around the longship and sing the traditional Abelia song, which I'll give you some lyrics afterwards. Another rocket is fired and the jarl leaves the ship. A bugle call sounds and the torches are hurled into the galley. They like onto the boat. They set that shit on fire. Yes, yes. Set fire to to the the boat. boat. A thousand torches. I'm hoping that the gargolar or whatever his name is gets off the boat. Well, no, that the second rocket that fires is signaling him leaving the boat. Okay, good job. Yes, I hope. I was like, this just turned into a Viking funeral. It sacrifices are needed, (laughs) (laughs) but. The night does not end there. Later on and well into the next morning, follow hours of performing and dancing in halls through Lerwick. Various squads of men visit each hall and perform a piece. And the party continues on until the morning. Sounds like my kind of jam. There are other fire festivals throughout Shetland that are part of the Abelia, but that's the main one. That's the last Tuesday of January, the Lerwick Abelia. And it makes me really happy. Because Vikings... And Vikings fire. and fire and just happiness. Drunken debauchery. That'd probably get to be some intense debauchery, though. Yeah, get the meat a-flowing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So the chorus of the Apelia song. It's a long song, so I'm only going to do the chorus. Grand old Vikings ruled upon the ocean vast. Their brave battle songs still thunder on the blast. Their wild war cry comes a-ringing from the past. We answer it. Ayo! Why to go Italian? <laughs> well, it says A dash O I A OI A OI. Did I say A-O-I. Eh, Whatever. You said Ao. Ao. <laughs> Giggity. Uh, rolled their glory down the ages, sons of warriors and sages. When the fight for freedom rages, be bold and strong as they. The world needs more Viking men. That's yep. kind of problematic in some respects, but you know. I'm here for it. How is that problematic? The Vikings weren't known to be the best of people. They weren't the worst. They weren't very nice. Okay, so we have plenty of them, apparently. (laughs) They were conquerors by nature. Let's put it that way. (laughs) You can conquer this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So now we're going to talk about Hogmanay. It's a great name. Great name. It makes me really happy. Uh, What also makes me really happy is, as you guys heard, 
we have a Scottish friend. And I messaged him this morning and was like, hey, can you do me a huge favor? Because I don't know how to pronounce things. We have a Scottish friend that's been on this show three, twice, two times? Twice. Fair. Also, he said he needs to be back on. So fair. Twice officially, a handful of times unofficially. (laughs) (laughs) Once you become friends with this, you're stuck. So sorry. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. All right. So Hogmanay, what is it? Well, Hogmanay is the Scottish New Year. There are many different versions of what they say the name originated from, but most believe it is originated from a French word. And I should have written down what that was. But you know what, you guys? I'll probably stumble upon it. But Hogmanay is so important because like the story Ashley told us, the Scots don't, oh, they may now, but historically Christmas was not as celebrated as it is now. Christmas was not celebrated as a festival and virtually banned in Scotland for about 400 years. Did not know that. I was like, why would you ban Christmas? What is this? And then I remember that religion and people fight over it a lot. So that makes (laughs) sense. Uh, The reason that it was banned for so long, it was uh, from the end of the 17th century to 1950s. To what? Yeah. Christmas was banned until the 1950s. It dates back to the years of Protestant Reformation when the Kirks proclaimed Christmas as a popish or Catholic feast and needed to be banned because of that. Right up until the 1950s, many Scots worked over Christmas and celebrated their winter solstice holiday at New Year when family and friends would gather. So there are several traditions and superstitions that go into Hogmanay. A lot of it happens prior to the new year. So cleaning out the house, taking the ashes out of the fire, clearing all your debts before, quote, the bells sound at midnight. These are all things to kind of start you off on a clean slate at the new year, which a lot of people do around the world. Variations of those, yeah. Yeah. Once midnight hits... It's tradition to sing a song that I'm going to mispronounce, Odd Long Sin. Odd Lang Sign. Yeah. It's the same. We, we sing an odd, 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 one of those two. Well, so reading the lyrics. Should, Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all acquaintance be forgot and all lang sign? And all lang sign, my dear, and all lang sign will take a cup of kindness yet for all lang sign. I never knew those words. I just knew the first line that should all acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind. That's all I knew of the song. And other people would sing and I'd be like, da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's real popular for this. <laughs> it's like it came from somewhere or right? something. Weird. Another part is, of course, you know, welcoming friends and strangers with warm hospitality. Welcoming strangers? Friends and strangers. Into your home? This is pre-COVID. Just, no, like being out and about and being like, oh, hey, hey, we love you. Drunk Scots everywhere. Perfect. Yes, I agree. There are some traditions that our friend CK said are not as prevalent, like first footing, which he mentioned in his intro. First footing is or was something to ensure good luck for the house. And he mentioned getting kicking somebody out of the house just before midnight. 
so they can come in. Yes, that is first footing. To ensure good luck for the house, the first foot should be a dark-haired male, and he should bring with him symbolic pieces of coal, shortbread, salt, black bun, and a wee dram of whiskey. I'll take the male and whiskey, please. I mean, I want some shortbread, and I don't know what black bun is, but I like carbs. What is shortbread? Uh, short. I think of shortbread cookies. Oh, like biscuits. No, it is butter and sugar and flour. And that is all that goes into shortbread cookies. It's like delicious. European biscuits is what I meant. Oh, yeah. Not Southern biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Southern biscuits get a whole lot of love. Uh-huh. A whole lot of lard. Yes. Oh, yeah. And what was the other one? Coal, salt, black bun. <laughs> black bun. <laughs> so like Can Ashley you- when she's pissed. <laughs> Coal salt and a black bun. Let's Her see. hair's red right now. Thank you very much. A type of fruit cake completely covered in a pastry. Oh, fruit cake. Never mind. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I haven't had raisins, cake currants, yet. almonds, citrus peel, allspice, ginger, cinnamon, and black pepper. Oh yeah, no, that does not sound appealing. And then it's it's like our fruit cake, but it's wrapped in like a flaky pastry. Oh, that doesn't even look good. No. Anyway, I <laughs> so Tiffany, huh? be respectful. I'm sorry. I, it's, I, I don't picture Tiffany and Scottish. I've foods. had haggis and I liked it until I found out what it was. And yeah. then I went. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the dark haired male is believed to be a throwback to the Viking days. Get it? Vikings were back there. When big blonde strangers arriving at your doorstep with a big axe meant big trouble and probably not a very happy new year. I mean, I mean I've <laughs> seen movies where it's turned into a real good new year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is that like the Scottish version of a plumber showing up at your house? Just a blonde Viking with an axe. <laughs> yep. Hello, I heard your village needs pillaging. <laughs> Pillage me, pillage me. <laughs> I fire all of us. That's fine. fine. <laughs> Happy holidays. Hey, speaking of fire, the fireworks display and torchlit procession are reminders of ancient pagan parties from those Viking days. So another big thing with Hogmanay, well, it depends on where you're at. So there are fireworks everywhere. The main ones are from the Edinburgh Castle. Those are like the ones everybody thinks about. And apparently the biggest festival takes place in Edinburgh. And CK said, don't try to go there because you won't be able to move. Is it like uh, the ball drop in Times Square? Yeah. So I asked CK if he had participated in this. And he said, not the Shetland one. Never been up there. They do a similar version in a wee place called Stonehaven. And Stonehaven came up a lot in my research, and it doesn't seem to be a wee place. I think he was being facetious. Um, CK? Facetious? Hot? But Hogmanay, he said he used to get told to stand outside and wait for midnight, then knock. Didn't have coal or anything. That really is from way back. When I was older, we would just go out, get drunk, and sing all long song at the top of our voices. Wait, CK used to have to go outside? Yeah. Oh, baby CK. I mean, he's a dark-haired man. <laughs> they were just like, go out there and wait till the fun stops. Well, it was and right before midnight back. when they kicked him out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor widow CK. <laughs> Can you still not pronounce Odd Lang Sign? Odd Lang Sign. What is it? 
You just sang the song. I was just following along. Sing it. Should all acquaintance be forgot and never <laughs> brought to mind. mind? She's just going to skip it. Bravo. That's how I sing it. Thanks. Saining the house is something else that used to come up. And this one said in my research that it was mostly like the more, um, what am I trying to say here? The Highland customs and it's like areas that still have more of the old traditions and not necessarily like Edinburgh, but it is the blessing of the house. The ritual involves the drinking of water believed to be magic. Just water in general or this specific water was believed to be magic? So it's sourced from a river ford that's said to be crossed by both the living and the dead. Fjord? What did I say? Ford. Ford. So Tiffany said a car brand. Ashley Uh said a river. I didn't know if it was like the name of a river. Well, it's lowercase, but it's definitely spelled like the car. (laughs) Oh, okay. The water is sprinkled across all contents of the household. Then you burn juniper branches to fill the house with smoke. And then the windows and doors are open to let fresh air in, New Year air. A nip of whiskey is taken and you have a hearty breakfast. So it's saging with juniper. Yeah, but when you sage, you're supposed to have the windows open to guide the spirits out. This one, you like fill the house with smoke and then open open the windows. Potato, potato. Uh Uh-huh. Fire plays a significant role in Hogmanay customs, as it did with Apelia. There was also another fire thing I read about in Scotland, but it wasn't around this time. And I got really excited about going to visit because we can play with fire pretty much at any point in time. So I'd say it sounds like in Scotland, you can just play with fire. Yeah, you get drunk and play with fire. It sounds like a place I need to live. So you have the annual torchlight procession in Edinburgh, which pays homage to the history and thousands march through the city carrying blazing torches in Stonehaven, Aberdeenshire. I did not say that <laughs> what right. What you said. Kilted men construct vast fireballs of up to two feet wide. And when midnight appears, they swing them around their heads in a procession on the high street. Any remaining fireballs at the end of the parade are set off into the harbor. That sounds safe. Well, he did say he participated in some of this. I'm sure he did. So, you know, that's really cool. <laughs> There was another thing that happens during this. It's the cold water plunge. It's the Looney Duke. Uh, That's adorable. Right? The Looney Duke is on New Year's Day. Hordes of brave or perhaps foolhardedly people across the world will don fancy dress or just their swimming togs, throw themselves into the sea, a river or lake. It just has to be cold. This is from Edinburgh's hogmanay.com. But basically, yeah, at 12.30 in the afternoon, everybody runs into the really cold-ass water just because. Doesn't sound so great when you imagine the hangover of New Year's Eve festivities. It sobers you up, man. Very sobering. You have lucky food that's supposed to be eaten. They say that you're supposed to eat any ring-shaped treat, such as a donut or cake, which makes me happy. Eat any types of green because it resembles money and black eyed peas and lentils as they represent coins. There was one place, I can't find it on here, but it was like you're supposed to eat parsnips, which they had a fun name for it, and potatoes. And it was like nips and tatas or something like that. And it made me really happy. This sounds like a meal I am here for donuts mm-hmm. and a bunch of vegetables, right? Count me in. 
Uh-huh. And then there were a couple things that were like mentioned, like eating grapes, but that talked about the Spanish tradition, which wasn't here. There was a, a Philippine tradition about wearing polka dots. And there was also a German tradition on the Edinburgh Hogmanay website, but that didn't really seem to apply to the Scotland version of it. Traditions. Yeah. But that is Hogmanay. Abelia. Abelia. Thank you. And they make me really happy. And CK said we can go to Scotland and he can tell us about it and let us experience it. I was about to say, I appreciate the offer, but can we maybe just go? Yeah. So um, I told him when we make it to Scotland, he's got to come up because he's not in Scotland right now, but he's going to come up and show us around. Uh, I thought that was kind of a given. Yeah. That if we ever make it to Scotland, we need CK's guidance, please. Mm-hmm. So, Rebecca, tell us how you misunderstood the assignment. So, I have two funny stories and one scientific story. Okay. Fantastic. Don't get too excited. So, I'm going to do funny, scientific, funny. I like the buffers. Thank you. First up is called Snapdragon. So, it was a game played during the winter, particularly on Christmas Eve. And so how this was played was you heated brandy in a wide, shallow bowl. Uh, Raisins were placed in the brandy, and then the brandy was set on fire. Ooh. Typically, you know, the room was dark or the lights were really low so that you get the awesome, eerie effect of the blue flames coming off of the alcohol. But the whole point of the game was to grab as many raisins as you could and stuff stuff them in your mouth. Okay, I don't like raisins, so that t- sounds terrible. But with craisins, I'd be here for this. It's like a Tif- Tiffany. Reach they're on fire. Fire to get. Yeah, it's like that chubby bunny game with marshmallows, except for more fun and dangerous. No, no it's not at all. You're supposed to shove as many as you can in your mouth, right? Yeah, but they're on fire. Chubby bunny is taking dainty, fluffy little mallows of joy out of a perfectly sealed not on fire bag and placing them one by one into your mouth. I did say it was more fun and dangerous. Make it craisins and I'm in. Okay, well, you know how you extinguish them? How? By closing your mouth. That's fine. No! Pop, pop, close. Pop, pop, close. It's fine. I mean, I would maybe try one, but I don't know that I would reach my hand in and continuously put them in my mouth. PSA, don't do this. PSA, well, PSA, totally you're recording it. remotely for the rest of the year. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have brandy downstairs. Do we have craisins? We have craisins, and <gasps> we have fire. Oh my god, Rebecca, tell us can more. we pause for a drink break, please? <laughs> let, let let's get through let's get through the rest of my subjects. <laughs> oh yes, I'm excited because I don't need to hear y'all screaming into your microphones when you inevitably sent set everything on fire it'll be fine you okay you guys realize you can't see alcohol when it's burning right if you turn off the lights you can that's not actually the alcohol that is other things in the alcohol causing the flame to change colors also it's fucking hot don't eat things that are on fire Eh. schematics it no tell us more tell us more that that's the entirety of the game you eat raisins on fire as fast as you can Fair enough. All right. I think I could beat you guys. Sounds like a good uh, drunken Scottish festival <gasps> party game. Sounds like we should do that on our next live. Well, it was played in England, Canada, and the United States, but not in the next life. In the next life? Live. Live. Got I thought it. she said next to life. I was like, a paranormal Christmas? 
Okay, so moving on quickly to the sciencey, less dangerous subject. That's no fun. For you, yes. For me, no. So many people are familiar with the heartwarming story of an astrological body leading three strange men who gave gifts that were totally age appropriate to a newborn, right? Right. We talked about that earlier on January 6th. The astrological body? Yeah. The, is that the Holy Ghost? N- no, it's a literal star. I didn't know that that came from the wise men. I thought that that was... No, the wise men followed a star. I was being sarcastic uh, and... Leading. I thought you said leaving. <laughs> 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 I've read the Bible. It was a spaceship that dropped <laughs> off three aliens. I didn't... I heard you said an astrological body leaving three men. I was like, what? They did not produce the North Star. I am the furthest from Christian on this show, but I know that for a fact. Well, we have no documentation where they came from, so whatever. Anyway, many people have speculated not only if this event happened, but what the event was that would cause three men of influence to truck across who knows what to follow this star. God told them to. The angels, not God. Oh, great. See, told you. Haven't read the Bible. Reportedly, these three wise men were Magi from Babylon and, from what I can gather, studied the stars. There's mixed sources on if they were astrologists, which is the, you know, not scientific one, (laughs) and astronomers, which is the scientific one. (laughs) Fair. Do Do you know which one I rely more on? Astrology. So, th- so the best assumption I could find was that they were both. Astrology was a common pagan practice at the time, and because of the period of time, astrology and astronomy would often cross over. So they let pagans deliver presents to little baby Jesus? Yes. Oh, no. Well, at this point in time, paganism was a lot more prevalent than monotheism. Look at you with the big words. Thanks. I've been really into studying paganism lately. Much smart. Very wow. So because of this fact, it's a short leap to make that observing something of astronomical significance would be interpreted as an omen. Ooh. So here we are. Three men observing stars through what I can only assume is tubes of rolled up parchment because telescopes weren't invented (laughs) until the 1600s. Clearly, you've never seen a bug's life. It's a leaf with a water droplet on the end of it. (laughs) What could they have possibly seen that would have caused them to up and travel very far with very expensive gifts? My guess is they didn't see anything. They heard Mary screaming as she was delivering a baby in a barn with no medication. So here is where we get to dive into the Bible a little bit, just a little bit, and break down the timeline from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. So first off, we have three Magi who saw something in their city, assuming it was Babylon, that caused them to up and leave and follow it to Jerusalem. Point two, once they were there and were able to hold an audience with King Herod, they saw this event again and followed until the star stopped over Bethlehem. So a little context. Bethlehem is south of Jerusalem. And from what I can gather, Babylonia was east, almost to the Dead Sea, whereas Jerusalem is almost to the Mediterranean. Got it. Is that on our map? Yes. (laughs) Are you asking if the Dead Sea and the Mediterranean are on our map? I was asking if Jesus was on our map. (laughs) Do we have a little North Star over Bethlehem? (laughs) Lassai. 
Okay, okay. so after meeting the son of God and giving him age-appropriate gifts, which were gold, frankincense, and myrrh, I don't know what child needs that, they went on their way. So what could have possibly caused this? Oh, real quick. Pause for a second. Frankincense and myrrh have antibacterial properties. So given the time and the medicine at hand, those are pretty age appropriate. And take it from a mom who has a baby that was born on December 25th. That is cold and flu season. See? But that would be gifts to the mom, not to the child. Well, I mean, the baby can't accept gifts. (laughs) Well, he there's a lot of debate about how old he actually was. We don't have an entire episode to go into it. Let's move on. January 6th. Okay. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> <sighs> sorry. I'm sorry, Rebecca. So what could have possibly caused this phenomenon? Well, in 1976, a journal article was published called The Star of Bethlehem by David W. Hughes, which dived into theories that could explain this astrological thingy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Dis- disclaimer, I did not read the actual article because it was $76. What? Yeah, no. To read an article? As someone who reads journal articles regularly, that's a bit much. Yeah, it's it is. Very proud of that journal article. So I read the abstract. Yes, queen. Which is, the star of Bethlehem was probably a triple conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter in the constellation of Pisces, the significance of which was only obvious to the Magi of Babylonium. This occurrence in seven before chickens and events indicate that Jesus Christ was probably born in the autumn of that year around October 7 BC. Oh, I've always heard uh, summer. Yeah, like early summer. So this is why. And before we can dig into why, I have to tell you what a triple conjunction is. Is that is that like in Hercules when they're talking about the planets aligning? How did you know my example? <gasps> Fuck wow. you! Fuck you! Yeah. That's the exact example. In the scene in Hercules when the planets line up to release the Titans, that's basically what's happening. Except it's with three planets, in this case being Jupiter, Saturn, and the Earth. And not all. Nine of them. Yes, Pluto's a planet. Did you hear about Pluto? That's just messed up. So this can ha- happen because so when planets orbit, they aren't these pretty little 2D perfect circles. They're these large ellipses things in 3D space, sort of like a time turner, except less round and less time turnery. Yes, precisely. This specific triple conjunction happens roughly every 900 years, the one between Jupiter, Saturn, and Earth. So it would make sense that this would have been a big deal for these guys to have observed this astronomical phenomenon. And on top of that, not only can Saturn and Jupiter be seen with the naked eye, they're some of the brightest planets you can see in the night sky. So think about it. If there's a triple conjunction, the planets would meet once while the men were in Babylon. They would travel and then the planets would meet again when they were traveling to Bethlehem to see baby Jesus. So how often did you say this happened? Every 900 years in this area for Saturn and Jupiter. So wait, maybe I'm stupid. Don't answer that. So you're telling me that these same three guys were traveling for like 1800 years before they got to Jesus? So I'm not saying that these guys traveled for 900 years. I'm saying when a triple conjunction happens, there's two separate events. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a little more sense. So I am stupid. Carry (laughs) on. And so so because Jupiter and Saturn are super, super bright, this would have been a significant thing for them to observe. A more boring theory was comets, which are much less rare. 
and wouldn't last long enough for them to travel from Babylon to Jerusalem unless they made, you know, stops at all the sideshows from there to here. Yeah. I don't know. So that's one of the theories behind the three wise men who came to visit Jesus. I like that. And I always find it fascinating when, no matter what's your faith, when we dive into the scientific background of what could have possibly happening. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And I am confused about the October time frame, but I like it. So the October time frame is probably extrapolated from what we have observed because you got to remember stars were observed and recorded they might be some of the earliest things that were recorded so once i started noticing these things happening they would record them and have a pretty good idea of when these events would happen and if they happened every 900 years it'd be easy to extrapolate from now to way back when when this would have expected to happen So, well, I'm going to say this is really cool because it is. It's super fascinating. But I have a lot of theological questions about this that we're going to postpone because that could take an hour in itself. So tell us about your next one because I did really enjoy that. It was fascinating. Have you guys heard of hot cockles? (laughs) I am one. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It gets better. Do you know how you play hot cockles? That's where um, your significant other is in the nope, stop, 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 stop. So what you do is you place your head in someone else's lap. That's part of the one I was talking about. And you <laughs> close your eyes. Yeah. And then players take turns kicking you. And you're supposed to guess who's kicking you. <laughs> okay, wait, that's that's under a different category. <laughs> You have to go to the BDSM page for that one. I don't know why I included this because like I found a list of weird Christmas traditions and this was one of those games that showed up as this is a game that's traditionally played around large gatherings or Christmas times. And when I read the description, I was like, people are batshit. But yeah, that's basically it. You either get blindfolded or you place your head in someone's lap and then guess who's kicking you. Okay. I've never played anything like this, but I am very intrigued. Wow. I'm trying to think of like any situation I've been in where that could be something that I would do. And I would do a lot of things, but I don't think that one. Don't kick me. That No, we're going to move on from that one. That's like a um, kinky version of Heads Up, Seven Up. Damn it, Brian, I saw your boots. I know it was you. So instead of putting your head on the desk, just put it in his lap. It's fine. And instead of just touching your thumb, we're going to kick you in the ass. You ready? Let's play. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) And this is called what? Hot cockles. (laughs) I think Tiffany just wanted you to say hot cockles again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So on that note, remember, friends... (laughs) uh that was fun i like is hot cockles a uh traditional christmas yeah she said large gatherings are christmas huh um so happy holidays (laughs) oh i'll be damned i hope you enjoy your hot cockles i mean uh (laughs) on that note remember friends everyone has something that they find odd let us tell you why it's not if you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com, or you can share them with us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. 
Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the ladies of strange. Happy holidays and keep it strange, lovelies. And know that no matter who you are playing hot cockles with, we support you and we love you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>